Flying Field Outfitter is a fly shop and guide service located in Bend, Oregon. We specialize in fly fishing the Lower Deschutes River, Cascade Lakes, the Crooked River, the Fall River, and many other fisheries in the area. Tune into our podcast for updates on fishing reports, techniques, tactics, and fishing stories. Again. All right, sitting here with, at the fly shop on a beautiful fall day with Scott Cook, owner of Flying Field Outfitters, and we're going to talk to you all today about something that's very important, and that would be selecting a fly rod. Seems easy, but it can be very complicated when it comes down to uh, weights, lengths, flexes, and all sorts of things go into a fly rod. It's not just picking one up and heading out to the water. Um, so let's jump into it, Scott. Uh, somebody walks in the fly shop looking for a fly rod. Uh, where do we start? Yeah, you know, I mean, they do start all over the place. They go everywhere. I mean, as far as price ranges and and the, the reality of how you use them and, and whatnot. I mean, I like to have conversations with clients about um, think about your fly rod quiver as kind of a toolbox you know um, you do have you know three or four or five different you know uh, hammers in your toolbox and wrenches but you don't have the exact same hammer in your toolbox so you know if somebody walks in the shop and they've never fly fish before for central Oregon and most of the west obviously a nine foot five weight is going to be your go-to rod uh, most rods come in four pieces and have lifetime warranties that we sell um, and that you know can go anywhere price range from gosh a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars and there can be hundred dollar increments in between each one of those things so price is always a major part of a conversation when we're you know talking to clients in the shop um but then we do get into the more technical aspects of um you know uh how are you going to use it and uh you know how much are you going to fish and where are you fishing and kind of all different stuff like that you know for central oregon a lot of times if there's four fly rods that somebody's going to end up with um they're going to start with a five weight um and then they're usually going to go either to a three weight or to a seven weight I like to personally separate rods in twos. Um, it, it's two size um, differences. So if you've got a five weight, you know, a, a three weight would be a big, you know, difference between your five weight and a seven weight would be a big difference. Um, the other thing that people end up with in Central Oregon is a spay rod, obviously. For the Pacific Northwest, um, you know, that would be another rod in your, in your, quiver or in your uh uh toolbox if you will so you know your nine foot five weight is going to be your go-to everyday trout rod um you know a eight and a half foot three weight is probably again uh if you find yourself fishing a lot of trout and and stuff like that that would be your next rod if you find yourself fishing a lot more uh, big fish and, and steelhead and things like that, probably a nine and a half foot seven weight would be um, your other rod. And then, you know, a 13 to 13 and a half foot seven weight spay rod would be your kind of fourth rod in the equation. Um, and again, just think about it like it's a, you know, how do you fish and where do you find yourself fishing the most? When you get to a point where you start having two or three rods, I mean, you have those rods set up when you go fishing um, and you have two rods if you're going trout fishing you've got your 
three weight setup with a dry fly and you've got your five weight setup with nymphs and, and you're out there fishing for the day. So you go to the metolius and um, you know, you got your five weight set up for trout and you got your seven weight set up for bull trout. Um, and you start, um, you know, organizing again, your, your toolbox and your quiver according to where you're fishing, what you're doing, what species are there, what size of flies you're throwing, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you know, Getting into like flexes and stuff like that again, um, you know, these are long conversations that we end up having with clients, but a lot of times um, we're looking for a general all purpose five weight, um, something with a, you know, a fast to medium fast action. Um, for that, you you can do everything from throwing salmon flies on the deschutes or, you know, throwing uh, sinking lines and woolly buggers up on the lakes. Um, you know, your your average dry fly as far as a, you know, size 16 caddis, you know, on the crooked or on the metolius, that rod can do all those things. Um, you know, and a three weight or a four weight, a lot of times we start looking at more of a medium action rod. So a little bit slower action that's going to lay down a softer presentation. And that primarily is going to be a dry fly rod. Um, you know, and then seven weights, gosh, we start seven, eight weight stuff. We start looking at pretty fast action rods. You're throwing bigger flies. You're targeting bigger species. Um, you're using heavier tippet and all of those things can, can play into that. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about, uh, as far as like rod length and action goes for fishing lakes. Cause a lot of times folks are fishing like a four or five weight, 10 foot rod. What's kind of the purpose behind that? Well, with fly rods, you know, length equals leverage and equals power. Um, and as far as the castability of the rod and the mendability of the, of the line and, and your, your overall presentation, sometimes going with a nine and a half foot or a 10 foot rod, you know, again, you add, you know, a foot to a rod and if you're on the Deschutes and you find yourself being an aggressive wader and you're out waist deep in the water, um, that extra length is going to be an advantage for roll casting and for mending and things like that. If you're a float tuber or pontoon and you're up on Crane or Hosmer, you know, east, or maybe you fish out of a kayak or a canoe, but you're sitting in the water, um, again, that extra, you know, nine and a half to 10 foot that extra 6 to 12 inches can be a big advantage to line pickup to hook sets to all of that stuff um, I'd still say that your average everyday trout rod is still a 9 foot 5 weight um, if you're if you already have a 9 foot 5 weight and you're looking for something specific and you're again a float tuber or something like that a 9.5 or 10 foot 5 weight would be a rod that's different than your 9 foot 5 weight um, so you know, length can be a big thing. On the other side of it, if you're talking about, um, you know, a, a three weight or a four weight, sometimes going all the way down to a seven and a half or an eight foot rod um, can be an advantage to fishing uh, small creeks like, you know, Tumalo Creek or, you know, some of our smaller water around here. It, it allows you to, you know, throw a little 
tighter loop in, in, in close quarter type conditions. You got overhanging, you know, brush and things like that that you're trying to deal with. Um, so, you know, sometimes going all the way down to a seven and a half foot three weight, but I would never personally ever look at like an eight foot five weight for around here. Um, you know, I'm looking at a nine foot as a minimum um, and, you know, potentially going up in length from there. Uh, again, jumping up to, you know, seven weights and eight weights, uh, boy, nine and a half foot, seven weights, probably my personal favorite. Um, and, uh, you know, that rod, gosh, you could fish bonefish with it. You could go to Alaska and, and fish for some um, large trout, small salmon. Um, you know, around here we got bull trout. Um, we've got steelhead. Um, we've got largemouth bass in some of our lakes up there. And, you know, having a little bit more length and a lot more power in a fast action, um, you know, seven weight, nine and a half foot is something that is really going to be an advantage to you. Um, you know, that the, the the weight of the rod too, we talk about the weight of the rod is a direct reflection on the physical weight of the line, not the physical weight of the rod. I mean, just to clarify, when we're talking about a three weight, five weight, seven weight, it's a direct reference to the physical weight in the line. And you cast the weight of the line, not the weight of the lure, if you will. So a lot of times if the, the rod size and the power that's associated with the rod is a direct reference to the the fly line itself um and you know i judge my rods and what i'm going to fish a lot of times has to do with the size of the hook or even the size of the tippet that i'm using um, the rod is not only a casting tool it's also a fighting tool and so you know we, you you if you're going to be fishing a, a woolly bugger up on Crane Prairie or on East Lake and you're fishing 3x tippet and a, you know a larger you know fly sometimes throwing a seven weight or you know a stout five weight um, could be an advantage but if you took that same rod and you put a size 18 midge on there and 6x tippet you're going to break off a bunch of fish so the rod is also there as a fighting tool once you hook up on a fish so it's a casting tool it's a it's a presentation tool of how is the line and the fly going to lay down on the water and it's and it's also a fighting tool of how is the rod going to react with the size of fly the size of tippet once you hook the fish and you get them on the line all those things can come into equation when you're on the water and you have three four five fly rods in your quiver you're making decisions on which rod you're going to fish based off of all of these things get put into the equation not just how big is the fish that i'm going to catch size of the fly um, the size of the the leader tippet size of the fish all those things come into play yeah, so you made just that all quite a bit more complex talking about fly rods, which truly is a very complex thing. Um, you know, I think a lot of times folks will come into the fly shop and say, hey, I really just want, you know, I'm a dry fly angler. I don't care to nymph. What direction would you steer somebody for a dry fly rod in Central Oregon as far as length, weight and then uh, action on the fly rod yeah you know four weight five weight would be my my top in that as far as the weight of the rod um you know again eight and a half nine foot um in a you know probably more of a mid 
um, flex or a medium action or medium fast action rod um, would be what I'd be steering them towards. And again, once we start talking about the actual fly rod itself, and once we get to the point of purchase, you know, there's price ranges that go all over the place. I mean, we could start at 150 bucks and we could end up at a thousand bucks, you know, and each one of these companies that we carry, you know, being, you know, Reddington and Echo are kind of the price point rods made overseas and they have fast action and mid action rods that can be between a hundred and three hundred dollars. You know, Sage and Winston being US made high end rods have a similar approach. I mean, Sage starts at $350 and, and goes to $1,000 and they've got rods at almost $100 increments all the way through. So price becomes a conversation, but it's also the flex of that price range of how is the rod going to react. So, but you know, for dry fly rods, I would think, you know, three weight, through five weight for central organ, um, you know, I would probably be more in the four and five range. Three weights are a ton of fun, especially like we're rolling into the winter now and the Crooked River is low and, you know, and um, the, f the fish on the Fall River are spooky. Uh, three weight is going to lay down a softer presentation and, you know, we're, we got midges and blueing olives in our, in the next couple of months. That's what we're going to be fishing. Those are small flies, you know, 18s, 20s, 22s, you got 5x, 6x, 7x tippet. So, you know, three weights and four weights can be a lot of fun for that. Um, so choosing um, a rod specific to dry fly fishing or specific to nymph fishing or specific to large fish, um, you know, that's a pretty broad conversation based off of where you think you're going to be fishing um, in the Central Oregon area. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to just say that my favorite rod for Central Oregon is a nine and a half foot six weight, much like yours is a seven. I just find it to be really versatile and can use it basically anywhere and it gives you a little bit extra casting power. I mainly nymph all the time. I'm not a purist by any means. So um, I think my point with that is once you kind of get into it, you kind of know what you're after when you walk in the shop. But just generally speaking, uh, if you're new to fly fishing and you need a fly rod, uh, we're here to help and we, totally. we can have conversation for hours um, about fly rods uh, and bore you to tears or we could just uh, point you in the right direction. So Yeah, I mean, as a beginner angler, we can make this as easy or as complex as it needs to be, you know, and that's the thing to remember when walking into a shop is, um, you know, I mean, we have fly rod packages, uh, rod, reel, line, case, leader, spooled up, ready to go for what, under $200, you know, um, both from Echo and from Reddington, um, they have offerings that are $189 where you just come in and say, you know what, I've never done it before. I'm not ready to spend a thousand bucks or $1,500 on some, you know, high-end rod reel package. Um, we can accommodate both ends, both sides of that. Um, and we, we do a lot of that. Um, so then, and again, those uh, kind of packages, pre-built packages are super easy. Lifetime warranty, four-piece rod, you know, grab it and go. It's ready to tie a fly on and just go fish. So um, those are a great way to go too, just to simplify the equation for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's pretty well covered as far as how to pick a fly rod. Um, 
we could go in depth on one of these, which maybe we will in future episodes with talking about weights and lengths and actions. And, you know, as I alluded to earlier, once you get into it, you can start having fun. Like when we were in Christmas Island last year, we brought in an eight and 12 weight badass glass from Echo. So fishing yeah. really, really. A fiberglass rod on big, huge fish in the salt water. I mean, it's pretty amazing what is out there. And you could go as far as you want to go with this fly rod conversation for sure. I think the biggest thing to keep in mind too, I mean, I know we're not talking fly lines, but um, a fly line can drastically change the action and the presentation of the fly rod too. So if you have a rod that you're not happy with, you know, bring that in and say, you know, hey, here you know the staff here at the shop i mean you know if we have the rod and the reel and the line in hand a lot of times we'll just go out and we'll cast it real quick and we'll be like well geez you know we could change out this fly line and and adjust the action and the presentation of the rod if it's laying down a really sloppy hard cast that could very well just be the fly line you know so if you're an experienced angler and you have a rod that you're unhappy with i mean that doesn't mean that you have to go out and spend a thousand bucks on a brand new rod it, it just you know the fly line conversation is just so extensive these days too and we'll we'll have that as a different podcast because we could spend a half an hour just talking about that also um but uh just kind of keep that in mind yeah i think that's a good point um yeah we see it all the time just this week we had one guy come in with a fly rod he's been using for years and he just was having issues casting it and we just took it you went out and casted it and I think he ended up buying a whole new setup for different different yeah. reasons, but uh, yeah, I think. But again, that was a eight and a half foot five weight that was a tip flex type rod, a very fast action short rod with the wrong line on it. And so he was going out to the Metolius and trying to throw a short cast with a line that was underweighted and a very fast action short rod. And he was laying down these very hard casts and spooking the fish in the back eddies in the Metolius. And he came in and I went out and casted that thing like, oh man, yeah, this isn't right. Not for what you're trying to do with it. We ended up changing the line on that rod. Um, and then he picked up a Winston four weight, which is a very very delicate presentation rod um, so that his five weight can still apply in the equation you know but he picked up the four weight as a dry fly rod and we changed out the line and put kind of a nymph specific line on his five weight and you know, I called back later that evening like man I had a great time on the Metolia so um, a lot of times just an overall equipment evaluation if you do have a rod and you're and you're trying to you know, figure out, do I need another rod, a new rod, or do I, or can I make a change with the current equipment that I have to make it work better for, for how you're trying to use the equipment? Yeah, I think that's pretty good explanation there. Um, yeah, the, the only other thing is rods go all over the place. I mean, we have one weight rods in stock and we have 12 weight rods in stock. So, you know, we're talking specific to Central Oregon, but they do make 14 weight rods that you could go catch a marlin or a shark on, you know. Um, and, you know, saltwater conversations, boil again, a whole nother podcast, but um, we do stock an inventory, um, you know, eight, 10, 12 weight rods for, you know, your your excursion to Mexico or Belize or whatever, if that, if that arises. Um, so, you know, we got a pretty good inventory of stuff that's not only price range um, 
but also uh, species-specific, uh, destination-specific rods. Um, and so, you know, got any questions, I mean, just, just totally swing in and, you know, feel free to bring your equipment down to us too so that we can kind of evaluate what you have um, to make sure that we're selling you the right stuff. That's the biggest thing to us is, you know, is make sure that we're selling you the right stuff. So, Yeah, um, I think one last question for you would be, somebody's coming in brand new or not even that brand new if they're just looking for a new rod would you tell them to come in with a budget in mind or goal in mind what they want to achieve with that tool well i think a little little bit of a loaded question i think everybody always has a budget in mind and i think that you know a lot of times i'll just put it in kind of good better best type scenarios of you know there's good rods out there that can do most of what you need it to do um there's you know better and then there's the best you know and a lot of times boy if you cast the good and you cast the best you will feel the difference between the two and then but you know justifying a rod that might be you know 800 to a thousand dollars and those rods are so lightweight um, that we have to put the right reel on them well that reel turns into a 250 to 350 dollar reel in order for it to properly balance you know and then you put a 120 dollar fly line on it because you're justifying the best of the best you know all of a sudden you turn into a $1,500 fly rod again we sell fly rod packages that started $189 we could build you a package that could be in the four to $600 range and that would be kind of the better but if you end up you know up in the best realm um, you know you're gonna probably be in that you know $1,200 to $1,500 range by the time you're walking out the door so um, you know it, it's that budget is always going to be a concern for anybody that walks into the shop. You know, um, ideally, yeah, walking into the shop and just saying, "I want, I want to make sure I'm happy. I want to make sure I'm enjoying what I'm doing." You know, the other thing on, for me, this is a feel-good sport, and your your equipment needs to be in line with that. If you go out like this guy we we're talking about that was coming in you know, with his eight and a half foot five weight and, and struggling, um, he was not having a good time. You know, he was spending time and energy and money to go out and fish and, and expecting to enjoy the time on the water. And he was frustrated and, and angry by the time he was walking in the store. And that's no way to enjoy your time away from work and everything else. This should be a feel good sport and the, the equipment, um, uh, should allow you to go out and, and enjoy, you know, the, the time that you're on the water. And so when you're justifying the cost of uh, how much do I spend, how much do I not spend, yeah, put that in the equation of like, you know what, I, you know, how much time are you spending and, and are you enjoying the time that you're on the water with the equipment that you have? You shouldn't be pissed off or frustrated. And if you are, then you need to rethink it and we can help you do that. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, boy that's a lot yeah boy that's just the tip that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg right there i had something else smart to say but it uh, got away from me i think i'm sick of hearing myself talk at this point and that's there's impossible. no way <laughs> that's you, not possible. well you're not going to say anything smart anyways <laughs> that's not going to happen so I, we could stay here for a while listening yeah. to that I mean, it was smart much, no it well, was it was probably a lie you don't even remember what it was it's, i can't think about it <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. That's because you just kept blabbing on. But oh, um, all great points brought uh, up by you. So, yeah. Oh, I was going to say the question I had was, 
if you are buying a full kit from here, you know, we get this asked, like, if you buy a rod reel and line, are there any savings on that? Uh, yeah, you know, we are not allowed to discount the product from the manufacturer. We have what's called uh, MAP pricing, manufactured authorized pricing. Um, so uh, we're not allowed to discount the product. But uh, when you're standing at the counter, um, that sometimes is a little different conversation. Very well said. <laughs> <laughs> That's your politically correct answer. There we go. So that I don't get shut down from selling Sage and Winston fly rods. But we never uh, discount off mat pricing. <laughs> no, we don't. But <laughs> you could walk out of here with a, a new flying field hat and a couple of other goodies along with your purchase. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, great. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to add? No. Just thanks for tuning in and thank you for your continued support for sure. Yeah, we'll talk to y'all later. Take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Flying Field Outfitters podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for new episodes coming out. If you have a request for a podcast, please reach out to Kyle at flyingfield.com. Thanks again for tuning in and have a nice day. We'll see you on the water.